Christ, the cornerstone. Can we stand together? If you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you today. He has redeemed us, amen. I was buried beneath my shame.
Amen. Brothers and sisters, are you glad to be here today? Hallelujah. Can we show the Lord how glad we are? Give him a big hand clap of praise. You know, we didn't have to be here. Praise God. But God saw fit to touch us with his finger of life. To wake us up this morning and bring us to church. He wants us to forget about ourselves, to humble ourselves, and to magnify him. Not our problems, not the issues in our life. He knows all about that. But if we would just give him honor and give him glory, give him the homage that he is so worthy of. Can we just do it one more time? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't, right, Pastor, where would we be? Pastor Jonathan said, where would I be? That's right. We owe everything to God. We're going to the book of Romans today. If I can get to I have it marked out. Romans chapter 6, verses 20 to 23. If you have your Bibles, join me, please. Paul wrote, For when we were the servants of sin, that was me, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, aren't you glad? And become servants to God, Ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. And this is a wonderful verse to remember. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Let's humble ourselves, clear our minds. Open it up to the Holy Spirit as we tell God what's on our hearts and as we hear back from him. Amen. Dear Holy Father, our most righteous God, creator of the universe and all there is that is, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day. We thank you for the sun that is shining so beautifully, for the birds that Minister Tim and I were just outside listening to the birds. We were talking about how the beautiful sky was like a canopy of God's cathedral. We just thank you, Lord, for this beautiful world you've blessed us with. Help us to appreciate it. Help us to see you, God, in everything you've created. And you've created everything. Lord, we love you. We're here to magnify you to give you honor, to give you glory, to worship you so that we may be drawn ever closer together. Not because of what you've done, as much as who you are. Lord, we ask that you will continue to do what you've already done. Watch over us. Keep us safe from danger seen and unseen alike. Continue to give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, especially in these days and times, so that we need not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrows that fly up by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. 
And though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, your word says it will not come nigh thee. And that only before our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Because we have made the Lord the place of our habitation. Therefore, no evil shall befall thee. Thank you, dear God, for your word, for your promises. We claim them on the authority of the word of God in the name of Jesus. Bless this service, dear God. Let us feel your presence, Holy Spirit. Bless each and every person that is here today, those who are watching over the Internet, those who some I know are just not well enough to be here. They want to be here. They're just not well enough. Heal them, dear God, because they love you and because they saw fit to turn on their, their TV, whatever, their computers, and participate in this service. Lord, we ask that you will bless the speaker, Pastor Roger, when he comes up today to, to give us the word of God. Once again, bless us throughout this week. We ask, dear God, that you will just strengthen us and encourage us to keep our hearts on you, to magnify you, and not the problems of this world. And, Father, we humbly give you all the honor. We give you all the glory in the matchless, magnificent name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In his name we pray, amen. And amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Thank you so much to everyone who worked so hard to make last weekend's car show such a special day. We were able to see some old friends, and we also met some new friends. We registered 128 cars, and because of their donations, we were able to bless Sunday Breakfast Mission with over $1,600. Our volunteers made the day run smoothly and helped everyone to have a great time. God bless each of you for your investment in the kingdom of God. Our Bear Campus will host a blood drive on Saturday, July 9th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. This blood drive is a part of Alex Servia's Eagle Scout project. The blood supply in our area is still low, and the blood bank still needs people to donate. You can sign up for a time by visiting the events page of our website or by going to delmarvablood.org. In addition, Red Robin and People's Plaza will donate 15% of their proceeds on Monday, June 27th from 5 to 8 p.m. to this project. Our men's dinner group will be meeting again on Wednesday, July 6th at 6 p.m. at Crooked Hammock in Middletown. Come and enjoy great food and fellowship. This is open to anyone. We ask that you RSVP to Kevin Sturgis at 302-824-5625. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week.
morning, everyone. Good morning. And congrats to all the graduates. And I don't see some of you here, but I know Daniel's in the back somewhere, but congrats to all the graduates. Um, and good morning, and thank you for joining us, whether you're in person or online. So if you are new here today, again, welcome. If you are in the sanctuary with us and you are new, make sure before you, well, once you leave and you go to the left after you exit to go to the Welcome Center to receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And of course, just take the time to browse around. And if you are online or you are new here with us, make sure you click the New Here button at the top and or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So for anyone at your table or if you're sitting at just a chair, you will see a Connect Card, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you are here today. And also, you can write down a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And again, before you leave, make sure you just drop it off at the basket near the door. And of course, for those of you online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just most likely popped up in the chat. Excellent. Thank you. Let me add my welcome to all of you here today and all of you online. We're so glad that you came to worship with us today. And what Rebecca said is absolutely true. We want you to fill out the Connect card and stay connected with us. That's one of the ways that we we are the body of Christ together. And uh, we pray for each other and we support each other. And we need that communication back and forth. It's your, it is your opportunity to be part of what God has called us to be as the body of Christ. Let's take a moment and encourage one another to be generous as, as Jesus teaches us to be generous. And we have some principles here that we, that we like to encourage each other with. Let's read this principle together. Principle number six. Will you read with me? We give according to our ability and beyond. What a challenge that is to give according to what we know we can give, but to take an extra step of faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you, whether it's my time, whether it's my skills, whether it's, whether it's my uh, whatever, uh, talents, or my financial resources. Maybe it's my house. Lord, help me be generous with all this stuff. There's a scripture that goes along with this, so let's read this together too. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So as you're thinking about how you're serving, how you're giving, just remember to give what you know you can, but then just a little bit more, and God will provide for you and bless you uh, in addition to all of that. Let's continue worshiping our Lord this morning as the team returns. I invite you to stand with me uh, and to join us online as we sing together our praises to God. And uh, we transition to opening our hearts to hearing what he has for us today. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love that you give to us constantly. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, whom you are pouring out upon us. Your presence is here with us. We pray, God, that you will hear our songs Hear our prayers this morning and fill us with all your glory. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. God, we thank you that you called us out of darkness and into light. Out of the Into your deliverance, look where I'm standing now. 
celebrate you and the freedom that you give us, Lord. We celebrate all that you are in us and all that we are in you. We open the service this morning by singing, I was buried beneath my shame. But he called us out of darkness and we came out of the grave that we were in because it was a choice. God can, in any moment, free us from bondages and chains that we have in our lives. But do you know what? It is our choice to walk out of that grave. You can stay if you want to. I don't personally want to stay there. But it's a choice that we make. And do you know that God that created the earth, the God that created the universe in six days, the God that reached his hands down into the dust of the earth and formed man, the Jesus who walked this earth and performed miracles, he hasn't changed. I, I, I thought of this old analogy, this, this old illustration that I, that I hadn't thought about in a long time, but... Uh, in the days of, some of you younger folks won't remember this, but in the days that, that fronts, that, that cars had front seats that were just a bench all the way across, that your wife or your girlfriend would sit right next to you. And so this older couple, they had been married for, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, and they're riding down the road, and he's sitting behind the steering wheel, and she's sitting next to the door, and the wife looks over to the husband and says, you know, we used to sit closer when we drove down the road. And the husband looked over and said, well, I haven't moved. And you know what? We can walk this life, and so many times we can say, God, you and I used to be so much closer, and guess what? He hasn't moved. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and guess what? You don't want to know what the best news is? He's here with us right now. Father, we thank you for being here with us, and we ask you, Lord, to move among us today. Lord, we worship you, and we call on your name. Hallelujah. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your
again, oh God, because you're the same. You haven't changed. You haven't moved. You haven't gone anywhere. And no matter how far we've walked away from you, Lord, folks, I've said this in this room, I don't know how many times already, but no matter how many steps we take away from God, the return journey is only one step. That's all it takes to get back is just one. Because he's meeting us there. So God, today, we pray that you would remind someone in this place that your power hasn't changed over the years. Your, your power didn't go away with the death of the disciples. Your, your miracles didn't go away with the time of the Bible. You do miracles and you perform mir- miraculous things. You set hearts free today. So we pray that you would do that in us. April, will you join me on the platform today? Those of you that have children that are going to be going to kids ministry in a few minutes after we pray and during our, our sermon bumper, uh, your children can go with April. And uh, so we just want to pray for her and her team and, and our pastor as, as they come. Father, we just thank you for your great anointing and your blessing and how you have enriched our church, our fellowship with, with people, Lord, who will pour into children. And God, we just pray for that team this morning that your anointing would rest on them, that our children, children would receive what you want them to know today, that as they grow up, that they would grow up not only knowing about you, but desiring to serve you in everything that they do. Bless Pastor Rogers. He comes to bring the message today. Open our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find when you find the place where you belong. Good morning again. And uh, as we turn to the scripture this morning, first I want to thank everyone who attended, as, as Lynn said on the announcement video, thanking everyone who attended and helped last week's wonderful car show. And uh, we did the car show because we belong. We belong not just together as such. We belong in a community, and we are here to affect our community, to speak 
truth to our community, to, be, uh, to have opportunity to get to know friends. And so I'm grateful for all of your efforts, all of your work that you did to, to, make, this a, to make last week a, a wonderful opportunity for people to gather together, hundreds of people uh, together. And, you know, at Christ the Cornerstone, uh, Pastor Paul started this, this trend many years ago, and uh, as I came on board, I certainly agree with it. I have been in churches where, where they do fundraisers, and uh, the, the emphasis, the, the, the difficulty that Pastor Paul and I have with churches doing fundraisers is not that fundraisers are wrong in themselves. The challenge is to do fundraisers and still keep your, your attention and your focus on Jesus Christ. When we start to do fundraisers, the tendency is, is very easily to say, we can get this money ourselves. But here at Christ the Cornerstone, we, 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 we depend on God. We rely on God as we sing, oh God, my God, I need you now. We say that about everything here so that everything that we do doesn't depend on my own efforts or your own efforts alone, but we've got to do it with God. And so, you know, we, we used to have events when, we, when, when they were free, but, I mean, we always sold stuff out of the, out of the cafe and, you know, pay at cost and things like that. But when people go to car shows... People who go to car shows expect to give something for the opportunity to, uh, to show their car. And uh, so past years when we have done the car show, we've probably done it eight or nine years or more. It was, you've been doing car shows before I got here. And people would say, we, we want to give. We who show cars, we go to car shows, and usually there's something that we give towards. And so this year we decided to, to make it optional, but let people know that if they wanted to give a contribution, to a, then we would give that to a ministry. And I'm so glad that uh, we were able to give that to Sunday Breakfast Mission uh, this year, and the proceeds, any proceeds from the car show went to Sunday Breakfast Mission, not to our church. And so uh, we're glad, and we pray for the persons who receive uh, ministry through homeless uh, or the, through the, uh, Sunday breakfast mission uh, in Wilmington. There are so many who need that, and so I thank you for your efforts. But more importantly, uh, the car show for us is an opportunity to meet new people so that we can establish a friendship with them through which they will experience the good news of Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. Jesus sent us out to do that, so I thank you for that. Um, and because we belong. We don't just belong to ourselves. The word belong has implicit with its meaning that you are not alone. That's what it means. It's pretty obvious. But too many times we forget why we belong. And I think as we listen to Paul's message today out of the book of Ephesians, we're going to hear him talk about our purpose for belonging. The short of it is, you have a task to complete. You don't belong to Christ just for the sake of belonging. He has a purpose for your life, a plan for you. And I think when we lose our sense of purpose in this life, we lose hope. I think that's a general truth for all people. If we don't have a sense of our own purpose, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or you deny Jesus Christ, if you lose your sense of purpose in life, you lose your reason for living. 
and how discouraging that is. But because God created all people, we can say securely and boldly, you have a purpose. And the struggle in life as we grow up and when we lose our sense of purpose, we wonder, why am I here? What significance do I have and what am I here for? We always need to be in touch with that. And it doesn't matter what age we are in life. When we go through transitions and we wonder, what am I here for? We, we flounder. Whether, whether we're 15 years old, thinking about our future, and, and 15-year-olds think about their future. They may not think about it as a 25-year-old thinks about it or a 55-year-old or a 75-year-old thinks about it, but they think about it. Whatever age we are, if we're 75, whatever happens to us and we can't function anymore, our bodies stop functioning the way they used to do, we ask the question, what am I to do? Jesus always has purpose for us in our life. And He's got a task for you to complete, whatever that task may be. And Paul's going to speak to that this morning. God has placed each of us in a community for a purpose. And now He grants abilities so that we can accomplish that purpose. We call those abilities spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, something that God has equipped us to do. And there are times when when God's Holy Spirit in us causes us to awaken uh, an ability that we might have had a little bit to do, but because of God's holy presence in our life, His Holy Spirit, all of a sudden that ability gets magnified and we become successful at it in a way that we never have been. And God's spiritual gifts also work this way. You may never have had an ability to do something, but because God chose you to do that ability, all of a sudden you can do that because of God's presence in your life. That's how God's spiritual gifts work sometimes. We're going to hear about some of these spiritual gifts in this. So I have some questions. Do you think that you have any spiritual gifts? What are they if you have them? Do you have any clue? How do we get them? And once we recognize them in our our lives, how are we using them? These are the questions I want us to think about this morning. So let's explore. Let's jump into Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got your own Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Or if you're using the Bible that we've got here in the room, it's page 979. And we're starting Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. Let me see it on the screen there. Verse 11, Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul has been writing this letter, and we've been slowly walking through this week by week. And, And Paul says, now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Notice the tense of the word gave. He has already given to them, given them to us. This is one of those verbs, we, we can't see it clearly in the English translation because we don't quite have this kind of verb, but in the original language, this is the kind of verb that when it is used in this tense and in this way, it means that something happened at one point in time and it didn't stop then. 
It's something that happened and it continues to happen. Just like I say, I got married on April 20th, 1991. I didn't stop being married when April 20th, 1991 passed, when the sun set on April 20th, 1991. I'm going to keep saying that phrase so that I can remember the date. I'm still married, right? But I got married. And it still has a powerful effect in my life. When this verse says, God, Christ gave these gifts to the church. He gave them and they're still among us, working among us. That's what it means. Now these are the gifts that He gave. Apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now there are other scriptures that list other spiritual gifts, but Paul's just referring to these in this passage today. He says those who have those gifts and those people who are the gift in itself to the church. Because notice it doesn't say he gave these abilities to. He says these are apostles. These are people. We're going to explore what these things mean in a minute. Their responsibility, here's the task, is to equip God's people To do His work, God's work. Not your own. Not what you think you ought to do with this gift, with this ability, but what God desires for you to do. And to build up the church. Build it up. Never to destroy it. Never to tear it down. Never to pull it apart, but to build it up. And he uses, he uses, he mixes his metaphors. He uses a building as the metaphor. And then he uses, he jumps to, to, a, to a biological metaphor, the body of Christ. He says this, this building up will continue until we all come to such unity in faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Well, what's maturity? And he defines maturity. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Jesus Christ. Any of you willing to say, I have measured up to the full and complete standard of Jesus Christ? I'm glad to see no hands. I don't see any posts online, but I'm not supposed to because I don't have that view. (laughs) We've still got growth to do. We've still got work to do. The gifts are still among us. And some of you have these gifts, and it's time for us to use them. He says, then in verse 14, we will no longer be immature like children. Now, children are immature. That's not an insult. And we don't expect children to be mature. But we do expect children to grow up. And there are many adults in our world who are still acting like immature children. And it's time to grow up. You've heard me say that in this, as we've studied through Ephesians in the past. We will no longer be immature like children. And he gives another metaphor. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. There is a standard. There is a, tree, there is a truth. There is a teaching on which we can base our life. And, and essentially that is Jesus Christ. And the way that God teaches us to live. 
And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. God gives us the ability to discern what is truth from falsehood. But there are lies out there and there are clever tricks that tempt us to believe them. But maturity in Christ allows us to see what's good, what's evil, what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's false. And instead, we will speak the truth in love. Get these words, growing in every way. More and more like Christ. Who's Christ? He is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Now, that word as is so critical in this. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Your growth is not for you, yourself. Your growth is in order to help somebody else to grow. We belong. We are part of a community. And we're here together. And the body continues to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your word to Paul and and giving Him the ability to write it down so that we can hear it and understand it. And we can live in it. And we can trust in You. And Jesus, I ask You to help us understand these words as we reflect on it this morning. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's break down some of these gifts that Paul has given for us. And let's let's start with this first word, apostle. The word apostle... now. As I've studied this over the years, and I've looked in many different definitions, one of the things that's so problematic to me is that everybody who defines this and publishes their book on it or writes their article on the Internet has a different definition of what it means. And so if we start looking at what others say, we can easily get confused and and think about it. Uh, and, and I think there's a bit of truth in each one of these definitions, but it's very difficult to get one definition that encapsulates all of these definitions. But here's one definition that I read. The gift of apostleship equips a person to be a church planter, multiple, a multiple site pastor, and an entrepreneurial leader. The gift of apostleship. These people enjoy beginning projects more than finishing them. (laughs) We can think about Pastor Paul and me. Now, I would clearly say that I'm I'm, I'm not a a church planter. But I have a job that requires me to, to do a lot of church planting things. But Pastor Paul clearly is a church planter. By the way, he built this church up. And thank God He had 27 years to work here and get it to what we've got. But we're not at a phase at Christ the Cornerstone where where this campus is is a church plant. And we have to function not like a new church start, but like a mature and healthy and growing church. And we're in a transition phase still, even as I have come on board, to go beyond what it means to do that. An apostle is someone who is given authority to speak 
and act on behalf of the person who sent the sender. So let's take, for example, and, and this, is the, this is a more literal understanding of the word apostle. In the Greek language, the original language of this scripture, the word apostle refers to someone who is simply sent. Sent out to accomplish something. And the word apostle is used both in religious senses and in a secular sense. In a secular sense, the word apostle would be better translated as envoy. Well, that's still kind of a big word to understand. How about ambassador? Many of us can understand the role of an ambassador. President Biden, when he took office, he appointed ambassadors to different countries. And what is the role of the, the ambassador? What is the power of an ambassador? What, how does an ambassador function in other countries? The ambassador to any particular country functions as the, the, the voice, the actor of President Biden in that country. So if you were selected as the ambassador to go to any particular country, you would be empowered to speak for the President of the United States on behalf of the President of the United States. That's a lot of authority. That's a lot of power. You would be authorized to make decisions as if the President himself were there. That's what an apostle is. That's what an apostle does. So when Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world, he is sending us, the verb there is apostle. And so Jesus says to all of us who have faith in Christ, go into all the world, baptizing them and teaching them from, the, from, from, from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus did not say to, to anybody, I am making you my apostle. Jesus says, I'm calling you to be my disciple and I am apostling you. <laughs> I am sending you to go out. So in that very simple sense, every one of us is an apostle. But some of us have been given special abilities, special work, special other skills that come together that, that enable us to be particularly effective in our role as one who is sent. And that, that we may describe as the gift of apostleship. I don't know. Are you an apostle? Yes, in the sense that God is sending you out. And, I, and as you go out, I want you to remember that when Jesus sends you out, you also go out with the authority of Jesus Christ. That wherever you go, there Jesus is with you through His Holy Spirit. Carolyn and I attended many years ago a worship conference um, somewhere around the Allentown area. And uh, we went to one of the workshops that was led by a woman named Kathy Hazard. Now, Kathy, was a, 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 she had been a model. Uh, she told the story of uh, one day she was walking down, just walking down the streets in L.A. And somebody saw her, must have been a talent scout, saw her and went over to her and said, Would you show me your hands? So she put her hands out. And he said to her, I have a job for you. I want you to be a hand model. 
we need your hands to sell whatever product it is. So she became a hand model. Who does that? Anybody here a hand model? Anybody here? You're good. Thanks. Foot model? You got your, you're in your bare feet right now. You're on. I mean, how many people could, could or want to be feet models? That would take a special gift, wouldn't it? <laughs> but here's Kathy Hazard. She has a beautiful singing voice, trained, gifted muse- musician, becoming famous. How famous? Well, as she was leading this workshop on worship, she, she talked about some of the jobs she's had. She was a backup singer for Whitney Houston. You don't get to be a... I know, you said that last night, Linda. <laughs> Same reaction. So, so very qualified to be teaching vocal stuff. She said in this workshop that when that, that she believes God is so powerful in her life that whenever she walks into a room, she expects the atmosphere to change. And that is true for all of us. That is true for anybody who has faith in Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, there Jesus goes with you. Be careful where you go. (laughs) And when you go there, know that because at some point in your life, you might have said, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come and be with me. He sticks. And if you go in that place and you're ashamed to have Jesus go there with you, maybe you shouldn't be there. Or Jesus is sending there to take his power, his love, his healing into that place. But why are you there? And are you there for God's purposes or are you there for your own? Let me meddle a little bit more. And let me, play, let me say that the place where you might go is online. Now I'm really meddling. And where you go online, are you the presence of God there? It's gotten very quiet all of a sudden in the room. <laughs> and, I don't, and listen, and it, you may get caught in a conversation where all you're doing is gossiping about somebody. Is that what Jesus would do on Facebook? Would Jesus tear down this other person on Facebook? Or would Jesus speak comfort? Would Jesus speak peace? Would Jesus speak encouragement? And where are your eyes going online? Jesus, we need you to be where we are. And we need to understand that you call us to be your presence wherever we are. And we are sent into this world. Evangelism, the gift of evangelism, equips the person to effectively communicate the story, the message of Jesus Christ, so that those who do not know it, those who do not believe it, will respond and move toward Jesus with faith. Now, I, I, I don't believe I have the gift of, a, of evangelism. But I have a job that requires me to tell other people. And, and I am glad to do it. Because I love Jesus. 
and it is clear in my life that He has called me to do what I do, I can't do anything else. People have asked me, if you weren't a pastor, what would you be? A mess. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that I'm the best pastor. It just means that I'm doing what God called me to do. And I don't think that He's particularly equipped me powerfully like Billy Graham. Or name whatever evangelist you know. But He's equipped me and called me to do this work. Regardless. The gift of prophecy equips an individual to proclaim truth in a way that people can understand for the purpose of correction, repentance, or nurture. This is not so much a foretelling of the future as it is being able to draw implications from the Bible to life's situations. So people with the gift of prophecy, I've talked with some of them lately, and they don't like the gift of prophecy because... Nobody likes to see the prophet coming. You read the Old Testament. Nobody, the, the kings and the leaders groaned when they saw the prophet coming because they knew that God had a message for them and there's probably going to be some godly correction coming down the road. None of us likes to be corrected. Everybody likes to believe that they're right. But nobody is right all the time. Get used to it. Somebody's always going to correct us. And God sends some of us with the ability to hear a word from God. And these people with this gift of prophecy sit in the room when they hear something wrong happening and they say, oh no, God, I don't want to be the only one to speak up against this. But the gift of prophecy moves in you. And you have to proclaim the truth. But the truth of God is always going to be matched by the Word of God. God will never contradict Himself. So there are some ways that we can qualify and contain and keep boundaries on what is this truth that I'm speaking. And it needs to be confirmed in that. The gift of teaching equips a person to understand and communicate information so that others within the body learn and grow. I remember being in college and and, and the, the gift of teaching is one that shows up in my life now and then. But I'm not a teacher like every other teacher. And obviously I'm not, I, I, I would have loved to, to, to use my doctorate to teach in a seminary or in a college, in a Christian college, to use it that way. And I've tried to go in that direction, but God has always closed those doors to my disappointment. <laughs> but it is clear to me that being a pastor of a local church is where God wants me to be. You know how many times I try to get out of this job. You'd, you'd be ashamed. <laughs> God, I don't want to do that. Anyway, God keeps me here. Thank you, Jesus. I will do what you ask me to do, even if it's messy. So I think, to, to, to me, teaching is not accomplished. Not, uh, t- uh, teaching is accomplished when your life is changed. Some of you were talking about teaching children, uh, teaching teenagers to drive a car. And, and, and the, the, the teaching and learning to drive a car is not accomplished when the, when the driving instructor gives the right information to you or you, pass, you go through uh, driver's ed 
successfully and all you've done is sit in the car watching other people drive. The teaching is not finished until you're able to successfully and safely drive your passengers from one place to another or to get yourself without harming anybody else. <laughs> See, a lot of road rage out there, too. You know, the road rage is defined not just uh, by gestures or horn honking or uh, aggressive driving. Road rage is also defined as language that comes out your mouth while you're driving. Be careful what you say. It's still all road rage. Read the driver's manual. Ugh. Nobody wants to do that. And then shepherding, finally. Shepherding equips a person to guide, care for, and nurture individuals or groups in the body so that they can grow in their faith. This person may or may not be an ordained minister. However, the gift assumes a long-time personal commitment to the spiritual welfare of others. I saw, I saw a powerful illustration of, of, of the willingness of somebody who's willing to shepherd other people. And, uh, and, 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 and the, the word here is the word pastor, the gift of being a pastor, shepherding. And I saw this video of a, of a, of a literal shepherd who found a, a sheep that had not been sheared. I know a lot of shepherd, sheep, shear. Uh, for probably two years. And it was a, 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 a mature and adult sheep that had not been sheared in too long. And the sheep was just kind of waddling around. There was, it could hardly walk. It had so much uh, wool on it. And, and finally, I know you want me to get down on all fours and do this. No, I'm not going to waddle on all fours. And so, so the sheep kind of just lumbered along there. And, and the, the shepherd took the sheep and wrapped his arms around its whole body. I mean, laid on top of the sheep, laid the sheep down on its side, rolled it over, and then began to shear from its belly up. And it just kind of peeled this great big coat of wool off this sheep. And you could see the legs begin to move and the joy of the freedom that the sheep now had. And that matted down wool full of bugs and, and dirt and debris and leaves and twigs because that sheep had lived for a long time. My point in this is that giving spiritual care to other people requires great commitment and a desire and a willingness to get dirty in people's lives. And some of us are willing to do that. Some of us are gifted to do that. On my way to church this morning, I stopped at Wawa, as is our habit. And there was a homeless man sitting in a wheelchair out front of Wawa, Route 40, Salem Church Road. And, and as I pulled into the parking spot right in front of him, he motioned to me to keep coming forward to get into the parking spot. I had the barriers the big concrete barriers there, and he wanted me to get in the spot safely. I got out of the car, and he said to me, I wanted you to get close enough, but I wouldn't want you to damage that beautiful car. <laughs> I went over to him and squatted down his eye level, and I said, what is your name? He said, my name is Eric, Brother Eric. I said, Eric, what do you need? He said, I'm trying to get enough money to find a room. 
He says, I'm dirty, I'm smelly, I need to get cleaned up. And, and, and I don't have cash. I went inside, I tried to go to the ATM, get some cash, put my card in, the thing wouldn't let my card go into the ATM. I don't know what they've changed on the software on these ATMs. I couldn't make it work. I'm sorry, Eric. I couldn't get any cash for you. I called. We have a we have a homeless ministry that comes out of our Ellesmere campus. So I called Scott, who runs the homeless ministry up there. Left a message with Scott. Scott, I need you to take our church van, drive down to to to, to help Eric. I'm on my way to work. We have to be willing to to get messy in people's lives, even though I may not have what he needs to help. I showed him God's care. And I said, Eric, God loves you and so do I. I'm sorry that I don't have anything to give you right now. But Lord, we pray that by the time the day is open, day is over, Eric has what he needs. Do you join me in that prayer? Amen. And Eric is not alone out there. And God, Jesus is sending you out there to use your spiritual gifts. What are your spiritual gifts? Do you know what they are? On the table and online, you can go to our website, go to the serving section, and you can find, uh, you can go to uh, uh, an organization called assessme.org. If you go to our website, you'll get a direct link so that you don't have to pay to take this spiritual gifts test. On there, it's called Grace Gifts. Now, many of you have done this already, but I'm just... Just reminding you that it's here. So here's this card on your table or on one of the chairs near you. You can take this with you if you want. We've got more. We'll put more out. Or you can just scan this QR code here on your phone and you can, you can answer a whole bunch of questions and it will give you an indication of what your spiritual gifts might be. And I hope that you do it. Uh, but this is just an indicator of the spiritual gifts. The important thing is that you're living your life following Jesus Christ Seeking the presence of the Holy Spirit, open to God, working in your life, and following what Jesus is asking you to do. Spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit in us. And we get our spiritual gifts through the Holy Spirit. And anybody who says, I believe in Jesus Christ, has the Holy Spirit among you, with you. And you can open yourself up. So my invitation this morning simply is, Will you open yourself up, first of all, to place your trust and faith in Jesus Christ? You need to confess some sin today. You need to confess some sin today. (laughs) But what is God calling you to do and sending you to go and do? Discover your spiritual gifts. Use your spiritual gifts in whatever way that Jesus is asking you. I invite you to complete this little assessment. And I hope that you'll do it in a sense that you're willing for us to know what you are because we're not, we're not going to come back to you and say, oh, well, here's an apostle. i got a job for you. But I am going to say yay for you. And I want to find a place in, this, in Christ the cornerstone for you to use your spiritual gifts, not for your sake, but for the body of Christ so that others may experience His love and peace and power in His life. I invite you to stand with me as we continue to pray and the team comes. And We've got time for you to reflect on what God is doing in your life. You can come here to the platform area to pray or you can meet somebody at one of the prayer stations to pray with you that God may reveal to you your spiritual gifts. Perhaps you know what you're supposed to do and you just need some encouragement to go and do it. Let's take some time.
sing together, to pray together, and let the Holy Spirit work among us. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us into your presence, for inviting us to be here, inviting us to come boldly before your throne.
picture in the book of Revelation, the saints and the elders around your throne, casting their crowns before you and crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Always the same. If you still need prayer this morning before you leave or before you sign off online, there are folks that are still available to pray with you. There's still folks here to pray at the prayer stations or uh, down at the front. We're going to continue to worship for a few minutes. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Have a great week. And holy, holy.